0: Karma Bank
1: Stacy, we're on the road This is Karma Bank on the road I feel
2: like Oprah We're in Mrs. Slocum's house
1: That's right, we're in Mrs. Slocum's abode In Rue Rivoli On the right bank of Paris Usually we're on the left bank We're more Rive Gauche types
2: It's very American, right, left, that whole thing
1: <laughs> Yes, exactly, but here it's actually devised north and south Instead of east and <laughs> west
2: Really? I think in America it's kind of north and south as well. Oh, wow. Well,
1: that could be very well. It could be the truth.
2: Actually, One, no, I think it's more coastal in middle America.
1: You know what I can see out the window here is the Louvre Museum, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And also you can see the carousel. Did I ever tell you my carousel story from about six years ago? I saw Roman Polanski and his wife hanging out during the, winter, during the rainy day at the carousel. Oh, really? Was, uh, Emmanuel,
2: no, who's his wife? Emmanuel Seigneur. Seigneur. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. They were looking so romantic, so and so beautiful.
2: I saw him being interviewed at a, the cafe near our house, actually. Really, Roman three. Polanski? Yeah, wow. I was with your friend from LA, the the director.
1: Mm, oh. Anyway,
2: we are here with two fabulous people.
1: That's
3: right. That's One, right.
2: The fabulous Madge Weinstein, who, believe it or not, is actually working.
3: She's audio engineer. I'm a busy lesbian, and this is my. This is actually the first time I've just been an audio engineer. I kind of like it. I feel butch.
2: Well, she's totally naked, because it's very hot, and uh, she hasn't got into the whole... The Brazilian thing didn't inspire you at all last night, did it?
3: What Brazilian thing?
2: <laughs> I noticed that you don't shave.
3: The Brazilian match with Paris. Uh, actually, I shaved this morning.
2: <laughs> I was wondering what all those cuts were.
3: You know, East Coast lesbians are hairy, right? You should know that you're from Boston, right?
2: I'm from Connecticut. Yeah,
3: Connecticut. East Coast lesbians are always hairy. We have hairy faces. I don't know why. I think it's something in the water.
2: Huh. Did you notice that, Max?
3: I didn't know that there was a East Coast, West
1: Coast lesbian hair differential. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, you know, this, but I'm, I'm open to learn new things.
2: Uh. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess it's that whole Yale thing, Yale, Brown. Well, all it's, the- it's
3: the Seven Sisters, really. It's the Vassar and the Smith and the Holy Oaks oh, yeah. and all that. Katherine Hepburn, Nancy Reagan, we've talked about extensively, her <laughs> vagina. Julia Childs, it's all hairy legs, all hairy faces, lesbians.
2: Speaking with hairy faces, we're also here with Bicycle Mark. That's right. Bicycle Mark's been getting a lot of attention from our Karma Bank listeners.
1: Yeah, that's right. Is that
2: attention what I'm getting?
4: I want it right? <laughs> yeah, really?
2: I, I noticed straight Chris is uh, kind of harassing you.
4: <laughs> he is. Well, he must be harassing you guys just as much as me, because all the emails that go to you, I get a copy of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess he means well. And he's right. He's keeping me. I guess he's trying to keep me in line.
2: And, um, and you did your own special podcast explaining why poverty is an excuse to drink Uzbekis.
4: Yeah, I didn't get into the whole Uzbek thing as much as you guys did, but I was reading that same guy you guys were talking
3: poverty. about. I'm what? sorry, poverty is or isn't?
2: Is a good excuse for drinking Uzbeki. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, maybe
1: uh, for people who might be just tuning in, uh, kind of uh, review the uh, the setup here. The uh, Yeah, it all started with this. Uh, you were at the World, uh, World Cup uh, match in Germany, and... Um, I guess the deal is that as a blogger and as a podcaster, you were a part of a, a house that was full of uh, podcasters and bloggers that was sponsored in part by Coca-Cola. So this yeah. set up an interesting conversation about uh, Coca-Cola, and uh, this is where we, we, we start the, the intrigue. That this is where we start the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then st- try- Straight Chris chimed in, I know, because he yeah. heard about it first. Yeah. And then yeah. we got an email from Straight Chris saying, you know, check this out, what's going on here, and then I sent an email to someone who I was just trying to, you know, have some thoughts about it, and so now here you are. So, I mean, that's an, and then you had your podcast recently that we listened to, which right. kind of was addressed this over the course of a, of a, of a whole program, really. And
3: yeah. I actually uh, would like to – I actually listened to Straight Chris's podcast, the most recent one where we he talked about it. The first time I'd listened to it, it's actually fun to listen to because he's very sort of weird, yeah. weird guy. Yeah, it's enjoyable. And he played the clips from BBC where they talk about. Did you hear it? Yeah, yeah where they talk about the the Coca Cola stuff.
1: Yeah, he's very much into the uh, the way Coke has kind of uh, sn- snuck its way into the BBC and the, the Tory Party, which is the Conservative Party in the UK and this type of thing. So, so anyway, we the got press conference. We we really, really two hearts. mics his name and.
3: Clip and- <laughs> Glit- Tory. <laughs>
1: The new Cameron, the new Tory leader. Yeah, no,
4: the, no, I'm talking about the new spokesperson, Fox News slash White House. Oh, that's right, Tony <laughs> Snow. Can he keep both jobs? Well, he is. It's it is the, same the same job, job. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Better stage. Um, yeah. So yeah, but that that was the whole thing. I mean, I don't have to re-explain the how I got there, but yeah, that I was doing that. I agreed to go. They didn't ask me. Actually, I asked um, because I heard that if you asked to go to Berlin to be part of this house, that you could stay there. That's what I was looking to do. Um, And that, yes, you could blog and and you could get uh, some food and and basically some stuff paid for you. Um, So that was the original idea. And I was really taken by the idea because my friends were heavily involved in the project from Zolo.TV. And um, so I was going to go with them. I mean... On the
3: handling noise max. But that's, I'm famous for that. Um, I totally distort myself. Apartably. I'm an engineer and I'm also a lesbian, so I have to be up front. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah.
4: Anyway, so yeah, so I went there and yes, as part of it, I had to deal with a lot of Coca Cola bullshit. I mean, right. Yeah. But I mean, fortunately, I'm just I'm sorry, a blogger. Excuse me. And,
3: yeah. excuse me. I hate to do this, but this is what, can you? <laughs> The, the, Max, you really shouldn't point the mic at him when she is, because then I get this bizarre parody thing going on, and it creates feedback. I'm terribly sorry. Terribly sorry. I won't happen again. Let the let's as uh, the smart one do the mic. You can just talk. <laughs> you just hold the mic still, preferably. <laughs> I'm being so bossy.
2: Now this is what I go through every single day. Every single day now for three years I've been ha- every single day. I swear, three years later, and I'm still having to say, Max, no, I have my own mic. See, you have your own. Mic. And then he, if you notice, if you listen to our show, he'll suddenly like be talking way off in the distance like this. Yeah. You're like, Max, Max, your microphone. Oh, oh yeah, okay.
3: I'm sorry. You can continue that. I think I got it now. So I just hold my mic like this. Then don't point it at anybody else. It's
2: It's easy. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Whatever. Okay. Back to bicycle work. (laughs)
4: Should we even? I mean, so yeah. um, Where where were we? You were explaining
2: (laughs) this uh, why you were drinking Uzbekis.
4: Oh yeah. Anyway, it begs the question. The question of in life, the choices we make with buying or working or whatever we do look are you willing to compromise if you can call it a compromise even or should you be completely as we say orthodox in certain things you know I'm I'm conscious ever since I was a kid about buying Nike I guess I was told very young that Nike was bad I didn't even know why at the time Mm -hmm. which is kind of how a lot of activists do their thing right they're told somewhere along the line that something is bad that a company is bad some of us want to know more and go dig up the information some of us just go all right, I'm not going to buy that. That's bad. We have all levels, right, of activists and sort of concerned Can people. closer to the mic? Hopefully. Oh, shit.
2: Okay. Madge is Madge. such a bull dyke I'm of a, of a no. <laughs> sound engineer. I thought
4: Madge was just getting food. I'm an audio Nazi. It came about audio.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, I want to make note of one thing. There was a special on Friday's Media Guardian about the fact that Coca-Cola is having to spend the most it's spent in about 30 years on advertisement, Mm. and yet you, Bicycle Mark, claimed that the uh, Coca-Cola boycott has not been successful. So how do you explain this massive increase in Coca-Cola's ad expenditure?
4: Well, it's, uh, let me go to why I said that. That was very good, Stacey. (laughs) You guys are good, you guys are good. Here's the thing, it was a really sort of just surface observation, which is the following, and and I guess that's why I wanted to do a podcast with you guys, so you can explain it to me better. Um, My initial comment is, the Coke from the side of the consumer, in terms of people going, I'm not going to buy that, is not successful thus far. I don't know if it one day might might be, become popular to, to boycott Coke. That would be interesting. Um, but so the comment was more about what people are doing from the consumer side. And I think it's a shame, actually. It would be really cool if we could do these kind of campaigns, podcasts, and that it could reach enough people and touch people in, <laughs> in the way that they would want to not buy Coke. So from that sort of angle, I was thinking, I don't know how long the, the Coke boycott's been going on. Um, I guess the India thing has been going on for...
2: It, but even according to Coca-Cola's own numbers, they're saying that there has been a massive slump in um, sales really? in Europe and outside of America. The only place that they've had an increase in sales is inside America.
4: Yeah, well, I, mean, I think that's good news in terms of the campaign to... to I was going to say mess them up, but I don't think that's what we mean. Um, but from the consumer side, just from the person without the numbers, a real sort of uh, surface useless observation is that I don't hear from my friends who consume, you know, I call them the mass consumers, the people, the regular people. I don't hear them ever saying, I'm not going to buy that Coke stuff. And I wish I, wish I did, but I don't. And that's kind of where my frustration with the whole thing and also my sort of skepticism about the... Right, but, but can
3: I add one thing? I'm sorry, but it's important. But there's been a decrease in sales. That's true. But there's been an increase in the number of women using it to douche their vaginas.
1: But I <laughs> yes, of course. In, in India, right. they use it actually as pesticide, right? <laughs> and,
3: and gypsies prior to masturbating in order to get money to make people get them to go away, use it to to douche. Yeah.
1: It's, Sorry. It's cheaper than, than the, the, the commercial pesticide yes. in India, and they use it as pesticide in India.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but your friends that continue to consume it without – right, well, well, but people <laughs> these people, but I'm sure many of them also said, why do they hate us, like when we're attacked? But I, I think at the end of the day, when you, you're, you're attacked and then your leader declares tyrannical law and is waging a war around the right. world for something that you don't even understand what the purpose of it is – it goes back to this ignorance.
4: Yeah, and even there, I'm disappointed. I mean, I know that that it's hard to get these numbers in terms of polls, but we can tell. A, a French friend of mine was saying, "Look, I've been to the U.S. It seems like who, nobody likes George Bush, you know, and no, everybody sees through him. But yet, we still have some percentage of people who still believe in him, despite everything we know. It's sort of, I think it's a little, going along the same lines as what we know about Coca-Cola, what's been said about Coca-Cola, what's available if you look for the information." And still, how people perceive the company and the brand in general. I mean, Santa Claus is their spokesperson, you know, in in Christmas. That's that's hard. People still have this sort of, like, quaint picture, you know, the classic thing. Um, And I I don't think it's a good thing, but I I do see it as not subsiding, and I'm, I'm Uh,
1: Stacey, um, if I may uh, jump in here for a second. Go ahead, Max. Um, Just looking at the global brand table that is maintained by, uh, I think, Advertising Age, one of these big magazines, they track global brands, the brand equity table. And for five years now, Coke has been dropping down that brand equity table. And to them, this company, for the equity, it's a $100 billion company. The brand equity is... Estimated to be worth something like $60 billion. It's $67 billion, yeah. The, the most of the value of this franchise is in the brand. So if the brand were to drop, the, it has tremendous significance because it's much more of a value to the company than the actual product itself, which is a low margin commodity product. They're not adding value to the sugar in the water. They're just branding the sugar in the water.
2: Well, right. I, so if yeah. it falls
1: down that brand table. Mm-hmm. So as you pointed out before, to try to keep their numbers high, they've been spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing to convince people that that branded sugar and water should be worth $100 billion to shareholders. Mm-hmm. But there is tremendous uh, disquiet around the world. They equate Coke with America's foreign policy and sales have been down. Sales have been sluggish. Sales have been down. The company is loath to point to a boycott as the reason because that would politicize the sales drop.
3: But how long has the boycott been going? How long has the boycott been going on?
1: People have been disenfranch- disenchanted with Coca-Cola for quite some time. There's several boycotts in the marketplace. There's and this is it's gaining speed and getting more traction the in the United States with these universities. Uh, deciding to drop Coke from their uh, university cafeterias and the food and the vending machines from schools, this is a big blow to the Coca-Cola company. That's by KillerCoke oh, yeah. org. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of this boycott. That's part of the move against Coca-Cola. So this is uh, they're losing sales, and that's the that's the point. Now this is this is what's happening. The company doesn't want to talk about it so much, mm-hmm. but this is what. It's happening.
2: However, the bad news is that over the last month, apparently, their their sponsoring of the World Cup has been a huge coup because they did do surveys. They uh, questioned all sorts of people about who is sponsoring the World Cup. Coca-Cola, everybody recognized as sponsoring. There are other sponsors, like Budweiser mm-hmm. and Barclay, or whatever, but they weren't even noted. Uh, people couldn't remember that they were sponsoring it. Everybody knew that Coca-Cola was sponsoring
3: because
2: it. Bicycle Mark, it is. It is. That's what I was going to turn it back to Bicycle Mark and yeah. accuse him. <laughs> yeah, well,
4: I think you're right. I think I'm, pro- I'm probably guilty. In the end, I'm probably guilty. I'm here defending myself. I'm probably guilty, and I probably need to retire, but I have no other possibility for a job, so I'm going to keep doing this. But- um, but uh, I right want now, to know the right. what,
3: I mean, he went there. He didn't advertise Coke. Well, that was the what What did he do to support it other than, I mean, by, by just staying there? That's what I want to know. I mean, he just really just used it as a place to stay. How is well, that? I, you
1: you know, know, I mean, it. I listen to your podcast, and let me, let I me mean, if I can get some points that I extracted from it and just make sure I understand what the points are. Uh, I think, if I listen, what you were saying is that um, you, you're, you're looking to be a podcaster to be accepted on a more commercial level so you want to be more of a um, being able to uh, let's say as a journalist be, be, take both sides of the any argument and you don't want to necessarily pigeonhole yourself into one side too aggressively because you would prefer to be more of a, a balanced pos- position on things so it doesn't make sense to get too aggressively overly uh, cornered into let's say uh, an activist cause because this would then preclude you from doing a more broader journalistic uh, podcasting um, Show, I'd say. So there, there, there was this idea. Well, I don't want to get you know, to, paint it into a quarter on one side. Then the other, the other thing was uh, that y- there's um, be- because you're working with limited resources. The fact that they did offer some remuner- remuneration remuneration. Reiteration uh, in the form of places, room and board effectively. That, that, that factored into things. And um, is that correct, generally, those couple of points?
4: The second point is is on the first point, no. Uh, and I can see how it came off that way. And, I, I you know, I need to probably be more careful. Uh, I don't want to go away from being an activist. But I want to balance the activism with a certain sense of uh, – there are, of course, there are activists who never talk about the, cor- the corporate answer, you know. So here's the situation in India. What's Koch's response? Which, in fact, it was so hard to find Koch's response, unless you look at Cokefacts.org, which is completely run by them. But it's meant to look like an organization. Um, but my thing was simply that I'll present, kind of like what I used to do at the Village Voice, which was, or I was, as I was taught at the Village Voice, of course we're activists. Of course we have a cause. We're alternative. And we will present uh, that opinion. We won't hide it. When we dig up facts, we will, of course, be looking for the critical facts. But in that article, we'll give the other side a chance to respond, of course. I think that's kind of standard, especially in in alternative journalism. My hope is that in the future as a podcaster, I can continue to be an activist. No need to hide it. But in the the kind of shows that I present, I need to be able to present the other side. Um, Because if people listen to me, I don't want to be so easily written off as one-sided or even excessively preachy. Um, I fear that because I feel like that closes off all these masses of people that, even though they're so damn dumb, uh, I, we need to talk to, you know. Um, I guess I'm ridiculing a lot of people. but So that was my original intention, but I know how that's, that's how it came off because I said we need to listen to what Coke is saying and, and so on. But the other side is completely on. I mean, I have limited resources, extremely limited resources, and, um, and I had a chance to go to Berlin. That's what I really wanted to do. Um, the Coke house. It's so funny to call it a Coke house. Um, <laughs> The Coke House was just um, the crack house. A way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, and in doing so, I, I compromised uh, my beliefs, I guess. But I just ignored it. Also, the nice part is, you know, uh, Madge asked, what did you gain? You know, what did Coke gain from me going there? They don't really know. It's a big experiment. Like, some people in the house, uh, no one that worked for Coke, but said, this is brilliant. This is completely creative on their part to bring in bloggers. It's brilliant. They give us freedom and it's going to look good. People, they're, they're very pro Coke. It's going to look good, and um, people are going to say, "Wow, these bloggers are cool." So Coke is cool, and I was like, "I don't really know if that's going to happen." But this is a complete a, experiment.
3: But There's also a positive effect, which is that they, Coca-Cola linked to his blog without even hearing it, and he, yeah. you know, gave this show, you know, where he did list all the facts about the groundwater, and it was linked to their blog. It wouldn't have been linked if he didn't go, all right? You know, so there's that.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I I'm exploring this also. Um, the, the, one, of the, one of the things that you're talking about is limited resources and having limited resources. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about why that. Why, ha- why do you have limited resources in a world <laughs> where someone with a great deal of talent and, and you know and 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 uh, creativity yeah. fi- and, and as many podcasters find themselves on the margin of the commercial world. You have to have, why do we have limited resources if we're putting out stuff that people say is equal or better than mainstream stuff? You know, why are the voices, the independent voices, being pushed out by the monopolists and the monoculturists, you see? And so, as a tactical uh, question, if in fact the, 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 the one, you know, why are we being pushed to the side? It's certainly, a company like a Coca-Cola is part of the problem, not part of the solution, in a lot of ways, because they don't get anything by having—they don't want competition. They're obviously that's their prerogative; they have the least competition as possible. That, that's how they make their most money. So, um, you know, that's that, that's what I hear. You know, in this is that there's some limited resources. Coke was offering a little resources. I'm saying why? Why? And now I'm just speaking. On yeah, my soapbox here, yeah. which I often do, but uh, why settle, Why are we settling for crumbs in yeah. this in this uh, creative community of podcasters and bloggers? Well, you know, why are we letting Coke offer a few crumbs? And like I said, I don't have. I think I I, I would agree with Richard what you were saying. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this other guy. Doing? Making... <laughs> <laughs> I'm making so many.
3: He's uh, making so many mistakes, Stacey. I don't know how you put up with him.
2: Oh well, yeah, hope you
3: beat him with S and M tools. <laughs>
2: Daisy she spends all her time editing because uh because <laughs> he just forgets things. He it's, it's it's a sign of old age. He's just slipping yeah, yeah. into
1: I am it. I am kind of getting old now. It's but.
2: also kind of like yeah. autistic. You know, he's just in this other <laughs> Rayman
1: like world. Well anyway, yeah. I agree with Madge in that thank yeah, you, you were you. offering these views within the context of Coke and that that is that is the other side of this, as far as I can tell, and, and that is certainly great. But that there's a bigger issue, which I think that there's there's a commercial, there's an attempt to marginalize a portion of society. That so, that, that Coca-Cola is certainly one of the bigger bigger players in that space, and and this is where it, it requires, I think, a response. And this is where the Karma Bank thing comes in, and you know we can talk about that. But that would yeah. So ahead, are you kind of over.
2: saying that it's it's kind of like a perpetuation of this new American model of embedded journalism? You've got to be inside a corporation or inside the U.S. military in order to be either safe or paid.
4: Yeah, I but, mean, they can buy you up because you're in, like you said, because we're teetering on this need for resources, limited resources, wanting to do more. It's a very dangerous position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would I do? I mean, I'd like to say I'd be a moral human being and because and that is what I'm, not moral, but, yeah, I have principles. And imagine, you know, Coke offered me to, to just completely fund my podcast uh, so that I could do it full time gave me freedom, yet somehow said I would hate for them to do this to me. So <laughs> somehow said, um, you just have to put this Coke ad. I would have to seriously think about it at least for a second. Uh, you know, ideally sitting here I can say I would never consider it. But when I look at like I don't have that many bills because I live in Amsterdam and everybody just lives on nothing, which is amazing. Um, so, but still, when I look at what I have to pay for in order to live, um, I have to consider it because I don't have any better offers. <laughs> yeah. And there's that feeling of desperation, that feeling of it's never going to come. There's never going to be a better chance. There's like You take the crumbs.
3: Prostitution's legal in Amsterdam. Why can't you do the prostitution?
2: I'm, I think I did see you sitting in a window last time when you claimed you weren't there. a red wig.
4: I could do it with a wig, right. You need to be a, a, a drag queen. I don't think I can be a... I'll get into drag queenism. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Well, okay, so uh, so this t- t- seems like we framed a bit of a the, the, the framed a debate here. In other words, is it worth the crumbs, or is there something else? Is there another way to go to go but about I, this but, whole
3: thing? But Mark has some questions, and this has mostly been you know you guys asking him. He has questions about the effectiveness of, of a boycott, right? Isn't right. that because you have, and and I think you need to discuss this because it's important. Right, and,
4: and you were getting into this in the beginning, and I was going to ask you more about it, which was I was looking at it from a very coarse sort of. Uh, a survey from nothing, you know, what I hear on the street, so to speak, which is that on a popular level, people aren't going, I'm not buying Coke, which in my in my idea was that a boycott would be like that. But what you've been saying all along, really, but now today you began with that, is that it doesn't have to be that way. It's not a, a mass thing where everybody just suddenly is convinced. It's a more strategic type attack. It's not... It's a fine, right, right. I mean, that's for you to explain better uh, to me and maybe everybody, Um, which is interesting to me as an activist. It's Mm -hmm. not a matter of making everybody, convincing everybody through commercials, through television, that they don't have Buy Coke. It's much more strategic than that, apparently, because you've just presented facts that say, despite what I think I see, the the, the World Cup, blah, 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 there's actually some things going on that are quite effective. Right. Well, I mean, uh, should I jump into that?
2: Yes, go Uh, ahead, honey. Answer (laughs) that, honey.
1: Well, because you also mentioned the Nike campaign. Yeah. Now, first of all, you, you sent an email and, and also on your podcast, you were saying, to what extent have boycotts been successful? So we jumped on the Google and we searched successful boycotts. And, in fact, there are dozens and dozens of successful boycotts. I heard
4: about Taco Bell. I was like, wow, I didn't even That's one.
1: Uh, there are – if you just do the search, I mean, there's more than one can even remember. There's a, been a lot of boycotts. A lot of them have been effective. Many of them have been effective, not just going back to the Montgomery bus boycott. There's a lot of boycotts since then. Obviously, the apartheid boycott that was put in oh, forward yeah. by, the, yeah. by, the, by the banks was hugely successful. A-
2: Boycotts of Coca-Cola have been successful twice. Once by Greenpeace. Remember they said for the, um, the the Olympics in Australia, they were able to get just by threatening to boycott. They were about to have a Greenpeace boycott of Coca-Cola. They capitulated. Coca-Cola capitulated within a day and said they would get rid of the CFCs they were using in the manufacturing of Coca-Cola. Yep. Now the other one was on the eve of the invasion of Iraq. In Germany, there was a boycott of Coke in Hamburg at one restaurant, which was about the size of this apartment. And uh, Coca-Cola missed their earnings by one penny.
1: It dropped dropped $6 billion off market $6 billion in in
2: one day. And the Wall Street Journal blamed it on this boycott in Germany. $6 billion the activists could have had. had
1: Anti-war.
4: So it seems to me all these boycotts, I guess I should have realized that as well, they've never been global, so to speak, a mass sort of hysteria. No, but, but they're, but more, one, they're specific.
3: What I forgot about the South Africa was huge. That had well, major political right. ramifications. That
4: was more yeah. like government? Well, businesses doing business with the government, yeah. right? I mean, that, okay. Businesses doing business in South Africa. I would call that a special case. But Co- no, it's, corporations it's doing business like with
2: the Uzbeki government.
1: But let, let's talk. The, right. so, so let's talk about you, the activist, right? Yes. Now, what do you have to offer? But let me ask you something. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I misphrased that. <laughs> um, I, what I meant to say was, uh, how much money can you put into this? How
4: much money can I put into uh, activism right now? Activism, zero? whatever zero? I that make my in, my, zero. in my part-time job. Let's call it zero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, therefore, the tools you have available to you. Uh, are Whatever A, got. spend a lot of, of uh, money organizing a boycott, spending a lot of money creating a website, uh, spending a lot of money lobbying government, spending a lot of money hiring lawyers, or B, not spending any money in, with a boycott. In other words, a boycott is the no-cost weapon of choice for an activist. It costs no money to boycott. That's appeal number one. That's the first thing that has a boycott is going for. it. That's why Gandhi got all his Indian people to boycott salt, because it's it's a right. fairly low threshold of pain. This is why uh, Martin Luther King got people to boycott the bus. It's a fairly low threshold of pain. He wasn't passing the hat and saying, you put in a buck, put in 10 bucks, put in $5, bucks. you are going to hire a bunch of lawyers, you're going to get the Mac better.
4: Hmm.
1: So it's, it's, it's a no-cost weapon of choice. It's the guerrilla cho- choice. It's a no-cost.
4: Sorry, are you talking more about, for me, the activists or uh, for
1: everybody? I'm, I'm, saying it's a, let's, I'm just saying, work through... Uh, this, this is the thought processes I went through when I, when I thought of the Karma Bank thing. Yeah. And putting it through the... Um, the grinder of economics
4: mm-hmm.
1: because so much of the world is based on finance and economics uh, more so today than ever before in the history are we so reliant on financial markets mm-hmm. as we are to uh, inform us about the commerce about the commercial world yeah. so so let's say this boycott costs costs nothing and that and that's, an, that's an asset that's a good thing
4: yeah.
1: right Num- yes. number one number two um as you were saying, the, the globe can – this can be global. You can't attract global boycotts because mm-hmm. of the the Internet, therefore, is, there's another positive there. Globalization, there's a positive aspect to globalization. You can make instantaneous communication, right? Okay. C. There are a lot of companies that could be the, the subject of a boycott. You mentioned Nike was the subject of a boycott at one point, which actually was another successful boycott. Because – they um, – they, it was uh, – The,
3: the, the, the sweatshops, that thing? Oh, sweatshops. The sweatshops. Yeah, I remember that sweatshops. one. Sweatshops. But here's what confuses me because I never Stewart. understood – Wasn't there a Martha Stewart thing boy too? Uh,
4: oh, I don't uh, know if it was Hattie a Kathy <laughs> Yeah, sweatshops. That was more but, – But my point is this. That,
1: okay, so Nike is a company. It was it – was, because of sweatshops, there was a target of a boycott. The boycott was effective and because, and because they lost a lot of sales. And a lot of hip-hop artists started to get up on TV, and they were moving out of Nike for a period of time. It was successful. They, they knocked off they, the company changed. remember the this polish. is when Phil Knight ended up going yeah, to remember, the sweatshops, um, and Michael Moore was making his film at that time, so they there was... there wasn't a That's thing
4: huh.
1: but, the, but here's where it gets interesting. so you're, you're an activist or someone's an activist. They, the only thing they have economically to bring to the equation is mm-hmm. n- to not spend money. Mm-hmm. the boycott, the negative impact of that negative sale.
3: Oh, he also has his voice. I'm just saying economically, yeah. purely okay. on the economic okay. plane. Okay. I, I, forgive me if I if I suggested
1: that you're not adding anything with, in, in, in the realm of, of, of the podcast plug. And that would mean, you know, I mean, just economically speaking. Mm-hmm. So now you have the several companies that are possibly the subject of a boycott for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of people have a lot of issues, with a lot of different boycotts, mm-hmm. a lot of different companies. And this is where, this is where the, the activist community around the world, their effectiveness gets spread out and it becomes diffused because there's many people looking at many different companies for many different issues. And the global activist community, which you could say there's 10,000 NGOs, They've mm-hmm. got roughly an, a, a global operating budget of close to a trillion dollars, mm-hmm. and they've got members um, that are, are on the books of 15 million, but there's probably many, many more supporters beyond that. There's a huge, a huge force there, but their their um, f- their actual forces is split amongst so many different campaigns, so many different companies. You have activists arguing whether Coke is really worse than Exxon or is Exxon worse right. than Nike? Is Nike worse than McDonald's? Is McDonald's worse than Microsoft? Is right. that worse than Pepsi? Right. And th- this is where then things start to break down a little bit. And this is where Karma Bank comes in and says, wait a minute, There's a w- this, we, can, we, can, we can give ourselves tremendous advantage here by simply looking at this problem the way the other side looks at the problem. And that is in terms of purely on the financial basis. And what I mean by this is that if you look at, let's say, a Coca-Cola, an Exxon, and a, another company like uh, of, uh, Starbucks, let's say, those three companies all have campaigns against them.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Those three companies, you can boycott any one of those three companies by not spending a dollar for either a, a Coke, a uh, Starbucks, or an Exxon, Correct. Yeah.
4: Yes, but how do you motivate people to boycott Starbucks? I'll get, I would to, love that. To, I'll get <laughs> to
1: that. So, but I'm just saying, you could, not, you could boycott any one of those three things. Or you could boycott all three things. <laughs> but
3: you know you, with, with Starbucks, you can also, I, I happen to know somebody who, who manages one, they have a policy of not kicking people out. So you can have a group of people just sit in a Starbucks and do nothing, and they'll take up space, annoy people, and they'll lose business even more. <laughs>
4: That's right. Record podcasts about how bad Starbucks is. <laughs> From within Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> I'm at my ninth
1: coffee, and I tell you, this coffee is terrible here. <laughs> so you have these, so these three choices, right? So now let's see how those three, those three boycotts, how they would actually affect the thing that's near and dear to the management of those three companies. Because ultimately you're trying to get to the management of those three companies. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? Yes. What is near and dear to the management of those companies? Profit. And how is that represented to them? How do they know whether they're profitable or not? What do they look at?
4: Increasing sales over.
1: And that's reflected in what? Every day in the newspaper, you see the,
4: uh, the
1: The back of the newspaper, those little black dots. They are the.
4: Oh, the, the, the share price. That's right. Yeah. The share <laughs> price.
1: So the stock price is, to, is the lifeblood of the corporation manager. That's what they look at. They look at that every day. If it's going up, they're winning.
4: Mm-hmm. If
1: it's going down, they're losing. Right? Mm-hmm. So now you say, I've got one of three boycotts to choose. Each one of these, I, let's say I'm only going to pick one, and that's all I'm going to pick. Which one actually affects the stock price more than the other two?
4: Which is the most likely to succeed?
1: Which is the one that has the most negative impact on the stock price
4: okay.
1: versus the other two? That's the question. <laughs> now, we, if we look at this, and we, what we find out is that Exxon. For every dollar I don't spend at Exxon, I impact the stock price by $1.50. Mm-hmm. For every dollar I don't spend at Starbucks, I impact the stock price by $4.25. Yeah. For every dollar I don't spend at Coca-Cola, I impact the stock price by close to $5. Okay. So by simply by virtue of maximizing the effect of me not spending a dollar, I would be gravitated toward that Coke boycott.
4: Okay.
1: Is Coke the worst company out there? That's not the question. The question is that all these companies, effectively, at the end of the day, they're all connected to the same banking system, and they're all basically trying to do the same thing, maximum profit, share, monopoly share, and it it makes no sense. If you start to try to figure out which one is worse than the other, you're playing their game. But we've come to the point now where we have to play our game. We have something to offer here, a massive global audience, a, a negative sale technique using a boycott, and using financial metrics. In ways that, using financial <laughs> metrics that reverse what they consider to be a good thing, and make it a bad thing. Because if they see Coca-Cola trading at five-time sales, they'll say, ah, we're succeeding. What we say is, oh, you're trading at five-time sales. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to a boycott. Yeah. So now you, Bicycle Mark, you have uh, several possibilities to engage in a boycott. And um, if every single activist around the world simply uses a simple financial metric, and you had this massive uh, global boycott focused on Coca-Cola. And the objective of the boycott is to say, we want to take the current price of the stock, which is at 43, yeah. down to five. And we want to displace $90 billion from Coke's balance sheet. And we would, we would like to, therefore, keep this boycott on until Coke either changes what they're doing, right. goes out of business. Or spends a lot of money uh, and does some other evasive tactics that are, there, that are available to them in the financial marketplace. They have recourse there. There are a number of things they can do. Mm-hmm. Once this is established, however, that the global activist community can, can, can have put their concerns into the market,
4: mm-hmm.
1: then your value in this global marketplace goes up because then your podcast and your blogging and your, and your voice – it has more value Mm -hmm. to a global media market and instead of taking crumbs from coke you Mm -hmm. may be plugged into a global media market where you're now getting 10 20 30 times that revenue because you're part of a global emergent media force that is shaping the global economy in ways that are equal or in excess to the current media monopoly in place and therefore as this entire media landscape adjusts financially your place in it rises up your value your monetary value Rises up. This is a way for you to get a raise in pay as well as a raise in play.
4: Okay, but. <laughs> of course. There's going to be, be many butts. Have, you know, you know, but. No, no, no. The, the thing is, fess. does this require. <laughs> I think Madge caused a fess. small fire.
3: No, fess. I
4: was using my French. They fess. the fess. <laughs> the it's butt cheeks. Fess. We saw many fess today. <laughs> but does this require. I mean, a mass response from people? Because you, you singled me out as an activist, or, or the activist in theory. Um, activists are a minority in the world. Um, there are many, but still, they're a minority of, in the world. Um, especially those that are activists for the progressive causes. Um or of course, the activists on the other side. Does this require that only the activists participate? Or, or do you need, don't you need uh, a mass movement that that participates in this thing. For example, you know, that understand the things you're saying, that understand which company is, so we say we all agree that Coca-Cola is, uh, because it is on your top uh, something list of of good targets. It has the highest rating
1: because it's the highest uh, stock price to sales
4: and it's got the most interest
1: already in a boycott.
4: Yeah. So let's say I recognize that, you recognize that, but my question is, don't we need, do we need everybody to recognize this or a mass movement to recognize this in order for this to work? And if so... How can we get them to do it? Because it doesn't seem like we can get them to do anything. Except honk their horns when France wins against Brazil and you know, almost kill each other uh, for various bizarre reasons.
1: Well, yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I'm not so sure we're a minority. You know, Because every single country right now, including the U.S., yeah. has a substantial population that's being subjected to the coca-colonization, if you will, of their communities by the monopolistic thinking of these banks and these corporations and the government working together. There's, this is a problem that's quite widespread. And I, 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 don't, I don't really think you can call it a minority anymore. This is the bereaved majority. This is the fascistically disadvantaged majority. This is a huge percentage of the population that is being... Uh, hoodwinked by the, the status quo.
2: But in terms of numbers also, with the Coca-Cola boycott on the eve of the Iraq invasion in Germany, in Hamburg in Germany, it was literally a restaurant the size of this room here. So yes. when we went, we went to the restaurant and we talked to the guy, and he actually was French. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wasn't he was German. But he was embarrassed that he had caused this to happen. He was uh-huh. just like, I, I was just against the the politics of America and Coca-Cola is American and well, I didn't you, know actually, how you, else you're, to- you're making
1: a good point, which yeah. I, which I overlooked. Yeah. In other words, even if, even if the numbers were, 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 if you could describe it as a minority, what we're saying is that there's leverage. There's well, leverage in this because by mm, isolating, but instead of spreading your bed over five boycotts, by let, by b- focusing on one, you've increased that boycott or dissent buck by a factor of two to three or four, right? So now the minority, the tail is wagging the dog but going the other way. Plus, if this group, this let's call it a minority, can jump on this in such a way as to actually start knocking pennies per share off quarterly Coke's earnings reports, this means you will attract the attention of a partner who has the ability to really sink their teeth into this and give you huge power. And I'm talking about the hedge fund community. The hedge fund community is a trillion-dollar piece of money, $1.2 trillion worth of money. If they see Coke sales dropping in a meaningful way and this coordinated global boycott kicking in, they start making negative bets on against the company, selling the stock short, buying puts, dumping the, the, the stock from their portfolios. Now you've turbocharged. Now you've now you've turned your one dollar that you were boycotting against Exxon or a buck fifty in results. You've turned it into five dollars by switching to Coke, which is now worth fifty dollars because the hedge fund community is right behind you, attacking this the company with its massive uh, availability of funds. So the hedge funds and the activists are a new a new symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Both are benefiting. The only loser in that situation is Coca-Cola. But I would submit that. Coca-Cola is a big company. They're used to competition, and either they'll figure out a way to compete and survive, or they won't. But that's capitalism. We're not into corporate socialism. Right. They shouldn't have that's to be given doing. free money all day long. Yeah, that to survive, they have to compete. Or you know, it's uh, economic Darwinianism. Yeah. They, they survive, compete, or get blown up, or not not literally, but uh,
2: go away. Okay, well, we're nearing the end of the show, so would you like to what? have... <laughs> See, this is another thing, Madge. Max can go on for hours. Really? I didn't know. I've never slept with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bicycle Mark, do you have any uh, final thoughts, comments, or observations to make?
4: I guess I, in, this, in this recording, I'm coming on, and I am, I guess I've become a pessimist about people. Uh, and I think I'm totally in favor of, of exactly what Max is saying, especially I'm learning a lot as well. Um, but my pessimism for the abilities of the public, especially the neglected, the beautiful, uh, you know, because I love them or I want to love them, uh, public that, is, that has been um, the victims of, of this sort of global system, the poor, the, the oppressed, I don't have that much faith in the abilities of the poor and the oppressed to target that energy in the right place, only based on history.
2: Uh, look at Bolivia and Argentina over yes. the last few years. So
4: Yes, but look at Watts and look at... I mean, I come from Newark. That's why I'm so pessimist. Um, and, and how come there are not more Bolivias? And also, now, it's not let's gonna... watch Bolivia. let's watch Bolivia now that Evo Morales is in charge mm-hmm. because so far so good. But watch them kick out Evo in five years and elect a conservative government. It's very possible. And that's the problem with this whole pendulum swing. Same thing, Republicans, Democrats. Oh, we hate Bush. Now we're going to put in Democrats, and, and, and we're going to get the same old shit, and then we'll, well come back the to the Republicans. That. I mean, this guy really is a socialist.
3: I mean, he's really a socialist.
4: Yeah, a but, I, socialist but I was, I was,
2: I, I was talking, I'm not, I'm not talking right, about the leader. I'm the not talking Evo or Lula. I was talking about the peasants, yeah. the actual poor people, yeah. farmers yes. living on a dollar a day, yeah. who were the ones that forced that change. Yes. Um, in terms of America, it won't happen. No, because they've already had their time. They had their revolution. And uh, this is end of empire action. This is what happens. People go crazy.
3: Independence Day tomorrow. Independence Day. But just one
4: last thing. Uh, but if we don't have to have this mass movement, if in fact it can happen, you, I mean, you mentioned hedge funds. You mentioned all the factors, the other ingredients. If it can go on strategically and it, would, and it can be done, then I'm completely in favor of it. The only thing, the part that I worry about is any requirements from the the, the badly educated, because oftentimes they don't have good schools, um, the sort of the masses. I'm skeptical of the masses still.
1: Um, well, Coke is in 200 countries, and many of those countries are pushing back against the U.S. model and Coca-Cola. They're, they're suffering in these countries, and the rest of the world is realizing the story. In, in the U.S., you don't find a pushback because... Uh, relative to these other countries, are still very spoiled. The abuse is happening in, their mouth. in other.
2: In the, uh, the abuse is happening in other parts of the world, like the Bolivians. What happened to them is they got they ended up reaching Western. their the, the the last straw was Bechtel taking wow. and Suez taking all of their water. Yes. and the, you know in America you don't have privatized water. Suez. Is that company? French, yeah. yeah, French company, but they but. In America, they wouldn't commit those same kind of crimes. Coca-Cola taking the groundwater in India, they wouldn't be able to get away with that in America because of the power of the local and state democracies compared to the Indian federal government, which is, is controlled by corporations who tell them either you abide by what we say or we take out all foreign investment and we crash your stock market. We, or we call back our loans. Yeah. yeah. But that's what they did on the when. Right now
1: they're paying back all their big loans the IMF and World Bank just to give that take that away as an option. Yeah. Because they see that as subjugation, slavery.
4: By the way, that is something interesting. I mean, the last ten years you've seen a shift from where everybody was taking the loans and going yes, IMF loans, World Bank will take your advice. There is a cool shift where the World Bank is now seen for you know the whores that I think they are. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I mean, I have good friends who work in the World Bank right here, but. But they—I mean—even they admit that, uh, in fact, it was a trend in the 90s: privatize your water, take the advice of the IMF. And it is pretty cool, I have to say, that as a result of the social pressure, which Latin America is probably the greatest place on earth for that, we should all go live there and not—maybe not in Berlin. Well, us um,
1: just probably be a brain drain at some point in the U.S. where people are who are not cool. Yeah, you know, here
2: they are.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, they're just yeah, exactly. So we're, we're finding it more and more. You're finding it more and more. People <laughs> are just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just okay. leaving.
2: Okay, Max, we, we should wrap up um, and we're going to say goodbye to okay. everybody. Well, okay. thanks. Thanks Bicycle Mark.
4: Yeah, thanks Max and Stacy
3: and
0: Madge, the engineer. The butch engineer? Yeah, I'm the engineer. Toot toot <laughs> to- overalls. <laughs> Business, business everywhere Runs the country through your hair Lay my life on the line to dare All these posers everywhere Business, business in your face Profit-making every place Even rebel music's laced Time to give those fakes a taste Who made business of the earth Determined its godly worth Time to put it in a hearse Before this place really burst Business, business everywhere. Babies use the word before they learn to walk the stairs. Anybody here say World Trade Organization perpetuating, exploiting people's tribes and nations? Let's see if we can see how far back bad business started. Long before the Pharaohs and the day the sea was parted, when Moses led the slaves through the waves to be saved. But tell me, did things really change? Look around the world, the top to down, it's getting awful strange. Bad business getting poor people in a tizziness makes them want to blow up Babylon so high it's dizziness. Business at the center of the WTO, World Trade What O W T C Center. You know, a disaster. Business making pollution grow faster. Made a crook of the doctor and the pastor. Took the president and made of him a bastard and sells to you the rip-off rapper on your ghetto blaster. Who wants money first and justice second? I'm wrecking this. Throw the merchants out the church they're begging for a king-sized downfall. Beggars in the street because of y'all. Let it be known that dirty business made the world trade fall. Not terrorism but businessism itself. Like the media putting war flicks on your shelf. A lot of wealth in your daily news and TV too. Papers, capers, congressmen are just Escapers, it's true. Yeah, mm. oh, while the refugees go. do, 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 Business, business everywhere Earns the country through your hair Lay my life on the line to dare All these posers everywhere Business, business in your face Profit-making every place Even rebel music's laced Time to give those fakes a taste Who made business of the earth Determined its godly worth Time to put it in the earth Before this place really burst Maybe I can put this differently The new world would is gonna get hurt just by being me Cause I ain't seen nothing but hype, no controversy And so it looks like this time it might have to be me So, yeah, confidentially It's my personal business how the Rockstar gets fame Exploiting poor folks to get risks So tell me who's to blame Shame on you, you poser Wake up, party's over Kill the Land Rover Army buggy sold the world over Yeah, the world is soon to be over The way this here deal's going down That's why it's my personal business How the Bush and Cheney families Been doing business with the Hussein Laden Families and getting fights when things don't go quite right, you see, and whip up wars when any profits for the military. The chickens already came home to roost. The cat is out the bag with tea sharpened on the truth. But even if the dirty businessmen get their wars, the truth been told and will be known and grown forevermore. So if anybody doubts, look how Nero's remembered. Every lie finally lead to time and God surrenders. Yeah, While wow. the refugees go, do 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 Business, business everywhere Runs the country through your hair Lay my life on the line to dare All these poses everywhere Business, business in your face Profit-making every place Even rebel music's laced Time to give those fakes a taste Who made business of the earth Determined this godly worth Time to put it in a hearse Before this whole wide world burst Do